Good morning. Welcome to week five of Church From Home. How are you finding it so far? Do you know, we've actually taken as a family to eating donuts at home on Sunday mornings as we watch these videos, just to try and get the authentic Jubilee feel. But we've loved watching these videos. It's been great to feel like we can still be connecting with uh, the community while we're uh, locked up at home. So I hope you're enjoying these. Uh, this morning I'm following Jubilee tradition and filming this talk from my garden. I don't know why, but I feel like I shouldn't be the one to break tradition. So here we are. Welcome to sunny Stockton. We're going to continue our series this morning looking at the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5. Um, and this morning I'm going to read it in a slightly different translation. I'm going to read in the message translation of the Bible. Um, and the word should appear on the screen in front of you so you can follow along from there. Let's start in verse 19. It is obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all of the time. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex. A stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage. Frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness. Trinket gods, magic show religion, paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfied wants, a brutal temper, impotence to love or be loved, divided homes and divided lives, small-minded and lopsided pursuits, the vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival, uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions, ugly parodies of community. I could go on. This isn't the first time I've warned you, you know. If you use your freedom this way, you will not inherit God's kingdom. But what happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts into our lives, much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others, exuberance about life, serenity. We develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart and a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. Great, I love that translation. It's just something a bit different, isn't it? It brings a new flavour to the passage. Um, this morning I want to talk about the fourth fruit which Paul talks about, patience. Or as some other translations put it, forbearance or long-suffering. And let me tell you, I feel pretty well equipped to talk about patience. Almost four weeks locked indoors with two small children, I have learned a thing or two about patience, let me tell you. Seriously though, patience is one of the areas which most of us struggle with in some way or another. In the culture that we live in, this instant have it your way culture, we just aren't used to waiting. Instant meals, instant connectivity to the world through social media, movies on demand. Hey, we don't even have to um, wait a week for the next episode of our TV programme anymore. We could just binge watch it all in one go. We live in a culture which doesn't really take patience into, an, into account. Patience is actually very counter-cultural to us. And that is exactly why Paul describes it as one of the fruits of the Spirit. Remember the context for this passage is Paul comparing life in the Spirit, life as a Christian, to life without Christ. He's comparing the desires of the human heart, our human nature, to those that we should be seeking after we've got into a relationship with Christ. So there is no surprise that these fruits of the Spirit will be countercultural. 
Having patience is hard. Yes, of course it is. But that's because it's going against worldly desires. What's great though is that in God telling us to have patience, in him saying that patience is one of the outworkings of a spirit-filled life, God actually gives us examples of what patience looks like throughout the Bible. Think about Noah patiently waiting in his ark for the floods to subside, or Abraham waiting years and years for a child, or Job waiting, needing patience as he waited for answers and explanations from God as to what was happening in his life, or the disciples being told to wait patiently for the Spirit to come, or even us as believers being encouraged to wait patiently for heaven. God gives us a blueprint as to what ultimate patience looks like. He doesn't leave us on our own in this. As it says in the book of Hebrews, we're surrounded by a great crowd of witnesses, people who've demonstrated patience before us. Yes, it's hard to have patience, to go against fleshly desires, but God doesn't leave us to it on our own. And do you know what is even more fantastic than God giving us his blueprint for patience? is the fact that God himself is extremely patient towards us. We see it throughout the Bible. In the Old Testament, people messed up time and time again. And God would give them opportunities to repent. He would send prophets to warn them signs of his goodness. Then into the New Testament, think of the famous story of the prodigal son in Luke 15. The father who represents God waiting patiently for his son to return. God showed his ultimate patience to us as humans in that he sent his son to die in our place, despite everything we ever have or could do wrong. Patience is one of the fruits of the Spirit because it is inherently such an important part of who God is. God is a patient God. He continues to forgive us. He doesn't condemn us or point fingers at us when we make mistakes. Instead, he offers us forgiveness in his patience. Is that a little bit exciting for anyone else or is that just me? Do you know, Paul wrote this um, letter to the Galatians and he recognised this, writing in another letter in 1 Timothy 1, he describes himself as a sinner and he says Christ died for sinners, of which I'm the worst of them all, and that God has mercy on us in order to show his patience even with the worst of us. Hey, if you're watching this video this morning and you wouldn't consider yourself a Christian, first of all, thank you for watching. But take heart here. This is great news. We don't serve an angry God who sits in the sky and condemns us, giving us impossible rules to follow and putting us on a naughty step when we do something wrong. Absolutely not. We live for a patient God who doesn't treat us as our sins deserve, but actually offers us forgiveness and a way out of our shame through Jesus. You can be in a relationship with this patient God this morning. We've got some information on the website uh, below this video which you can look at and read through. Look, let me give you an example. The way I see God's patience is a little bit like this. Please excuse me for speaking about my children again. Um, but for the last few months we've been toilet training Eden, and my two-year-olds. And you know what it's like. It's frustrating, isn't it? Do you need a wee? No. Do you need a wee? No. Do you need a wee? No. Do you need a way? Oh, look, you're having a way. You're having an accident. It's so frustrating, isn't it? It's so frustrating. But, you know, every time little Eden has an accident, I go and clean her up. I give her a kiss on the head. I give her some new clothes and we try again. 
I show patience knowing that she'll learn eventually. And that's what God is like with us. Every time we think we've cracked it, every time we try and live for God, then we mess up. Like you can just imagine God's uh, there like, here we go again. You've told that lie. You've been on that website. You've mistreated that person. You've engaged in that gossip, another accident. But just like I do with little Eden, in his patience, he picks us up, forgives us and tells us to keep going. What a God's. Look, I hope this has given you a real basis in understanding why patience is so important. But I just want to get practical as we come towards the end and look at how we can continue to cultivate this fruit in our lives, how we can increase our patience. You see, like it or not, patience comes from things getting in the way of what we want to do. So impatience comes from things getting in the way of what we want to do, our plans. Let me explain. All right. So you're in a rush. You're late for work and you get stuck behind a tractor. You get mad, don't you? Like, hurry up. Or you're planning a lovely meal at home, a lovely evening off, and you get in and your, your spouse and the kids have left the house in an absolute mess and you get so mad because you've got to waste your time, your evening off, cleaning up the house. Or you make that microwave meal that takes seven minutes to cook and then it has a cheek to tell you to wait another minute. Like, you're wasting my time. That's where impatience comes from. Impatience comes from things getting in the way of our plans. Well, let me tell you something. The way to improve your patience is to remind yourself that God is the guide for your life. It's his plans you follow and not your own. We do things God's way and not our way. So our way tells us that things are a distraction and a frustration. God's way says that actually he might want to teach us something through that. He might want to teach us something through the waiting. When we recognise that God is in control of our lives, when we submit our lives to him, we realise that we can learn from the waiting. Waiting can be a time of learning and our patience increases. Let me use a daft example. So when I was younger, I used to collect Panini football stickers. And I used to get one pound a week pocket money. All right, and one pound a week pocket money could get you two packets of Panini stickers and a 20p mix-up from the shop. So that was 10 stickers a week. And that's all I could have. And I had to wait a whole week for my next set of pocket money to buy some more stickers. Like it would literally take months, maybe even years, filling up my sticker album at that rate. So then a few years ago as a grown adult, uh, a grown married man um, before kids, um, I decided I was going to complete a Panini football sticker album. Only this time I could do it as an adult. I didn't have to buy two packets of stickers a week. I could go into the shop and buy the full box of 50 if I wanted to. Remember, I had no kids, so I had lots of disposable income to waste. So I did. I went and I bought the stickers and I completed the album really quickly. Well, obviously, this was nowhere near as fun. The excitement, the joy, the anticipation of waiting wasn't there. The appreciation for value for money of saving up my whole pocket money to buy football stickers. It just wasn't there. Having patience as a child actually led me to enjoy the experience much more. And that's a daft example, I know that, but it's very much the same with our lives. In the waiting, there can be lessons. Look, life for many of us has been put on hold at the minute. 
even a few hours before recording this they've announced another three weeks of of lockdown life's been put on hold but in this waiting there is learning for you what might god be teaching you at this time what might you need to know about yourself about god's character about your family what's god trying to teach you are you embracing the waiting are you growing in patience we think patience is an ability to waste which it absolutely is but it's also a lot more than that think about the word used in the passage in some of the other translations patience long-suffering forbearance when Paul was writing this he wasn't just talking about waiting he was also talking about the spirit producing a capacity for delay in order to endure trouble and that seems pretty fitting doesn't it how is your capacity to delay how are you doing with that this is a time where we're all enduring trouble every single one of us how are you enduring it how is your capacity for delay have you learned the art of patience of learning to delay to put things on hold and see what God might be teaching you or do you need to pray and ask God to help you in this area that's kind of what I want to end with today just to remind us that we have a patient God a God who wants to improve patience within us he is the ultimate example of what patience means he's patient with you do you want to know him more if you don't know God this morning you can know him you can be in a relationship with him there's information below on how to do it please let us know if you make that decision we'd love to give you some more information to read and, and, and look at helping you as you begin that journey but why don't we just have a, a response time this morning just to ask God to improve your ability for delay to improve the patience in your life I'm just going to pray and then I'm finished Father, thank you so much that you're the ultimate example of what patience means. Thank you, Lord, that you're patient with us. You show your patience for us every single day, God. Lord, I thank you for the ultimate act of patience in sending your son to die for us, even though we messed up all of the time, even though we were lost in our sin, God. I want to pray for each of us. Would you use this time to help us in our capacity for delay? Would you help us in our gift of, of patience in, in, in this fruit blossoming in our lives. God, I pray for each of us, would we see opportunities for learning during this time. God, we love you and we pray to continue to speak to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. We've got some activities now for children. We've got some prayer points and response times and we've also got some information if you want to give your life to God and become a Christian this morning. Thank you so much for watching. Have a great week, guys.